Hello, everybody. Welcome to what we might call episode four of this audio space that seeks to keep conversations about the American Educational Studies Association, ASA, going throughout the year. My name is Tim Monreal, and I'm the communications chair of ASA. I'm also an assistant professor of learning and instruction at the University at Buffalo. In this episode, we have a short conversation with Dr. Gretchen Givens Jenneret, immediate past president of ASA, about her 2022 presidential address delivered at the annual conference in Pittsburgh and the current state of the organization. Gretchen Givens Jenneret leads the School of Education as the Dean at Duquesne University. Dean Jenneret has spent the last 15 years in academia researching and teaching on issues of teacher professional development, educational leadership, and cultural diversity. A professor in the School of Education at Duquesne University, Dr. Jenneret is in the Foundations of Educational Leadership Department, and she is the university's Noble J. Dick Endowed Chair in Community Outreach. Her teaching and research are designed to enhance the skills and habits of mind necessary for educators to effectively teach students from diverse populations. Without any further ado, here's our conversation. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Would you please uh, introduce yourself and just tell us how long and in what capacity you've been a part of uh, AESA? Yes, my name is Gretchen Givens Jenneret, and I currently am the Dean and Professor at Duquesne University uh, here in the School of Education. And uh, we're located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I have been a part of AESA for the for almost 30 years now. It's it's hard to believe that it's <laughs> been that long, but uh, since 1994, um, I have been a part of AESA. So started out as a graduate school student uh, when I was at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and have been uh, part of the organization ever since. Great. And uh, your, your service as presidency has just concluded. Um, and, you know, now that that is over, um, you know, where do you think AESA is as an organization? Um, what does it offer to education scholarship uh, at this particular moment? Um, well, you know, ASA is a very special organization to me and I think to a lot of other people um, because of its community. And in my experience of it, it's how you are, how you come up, how you're raised up in ASA, right? And so um, I think that part of the experience um, where you could go in as a student, where you can test the waters and uh, develop and grow and build a capacity as a skill, your capacity as a scholar is, um, I think, unique. Uh, and that you do it in a place that is, um, it kind of wraps their arms around you and not uh, really hazing you in the same way that it can happen in other spaces in the, in the academy. And so for that reason, I think ASA has a good, is in a good place to uh, actually highlight that experience um, and to connect it to uh, its long history of having solid, um, important, and significant research uh, on on the other side of that experience as well. So after developing and, and 
building the capacity of scholars, really seeing them move into senior spaces uh, as they uh, go into the academy is also part of its history and trajectory as well. I think what we have to do that's really important is to um, make sure that we're paying attention to how our members um, are experiencing uh, ASA in the moment and trying to be attentive uh, while also balancing, uh, you know, an awareness of history that does not uh, stifle us, right? <laughs> and so I think that is sort of where we are uh, as an organization. But I was very encouraged at our meeting in 2022 in Pittsburgh because I felt like people were back you know, after COVID, they were excited to be together. I felt like people were engaged and, and wanting to uh, participate in important ways. And I think we just need to make sure that we allow for that participation in the ways that people are asking for it right now. Absolutely. I, I love how you said that it's an organization that kind of wraps its arms around, right, both grad students, junior scholars, and, and helps them progress. I know that that has been my experience. Um, and so many people whose first time was Pittsburgh just kind of felt that same, uh, you know, climate and aura. And so I'm glad that we've been able to hang on to that. And like you said, we're, we're trying to find ways to continue and move forward as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, at, at the annual conference, which you mentioned was in Pittsburgh in, in 2022, uh, you had the opportunity to give your presidential address. Could you just give us the title of that address and kind of what motivated you to, to engage in, in, in where you went with it? Yeah, so the title of my talk was From Grandma's Front Porch to the Dean's Office moving from a critical analysis of change to implementing change. Um, I have to say, Tim, this was a very nerve wracking and um, challenging, heartfelt um, experience for me. You know, I have um, historically um, not really wanted to be in the limelight, you know, and, and, and up in front in this kind of way. Um, I, and, and this was, this was, this was hard, um, not just because of um, wanting to do well for my peers, you know, um, but it was also hard because I, coming back from COVID, wanting to say something important uh, and wanting to say something um, that resonated with people. Um, <laughs> I likened it to after it was over, I thought about um, when you're, when I was little and the first time I stood up in front of the church and I, you know, sang a little song or something like that in front of everyone. It's like, you know, all these people are rooting for you and want you to do well, but you're still very nervous and anxious about the performative aspect of it. And so that's how I felt. Um, but I, wa I wanted to bring to bear in this talk um, the arc of an academic experience mm -hmm. and thinking about how, um, thinking about who was in the audience and so knowing that there would be graduate students there who were at the beginning of their 
um, academic careers and thinking about themselves in that 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 uh, new way. But then also that there would be folks, senior folks in there who had even mentored me, like who had helped me get to the, the place where I was and thinking about our work and where we are now. And so I wanted to talk about the arc of a career. And so that's why I started, you know, on my grandmother's porch. Um, but I also want and wanted to connect, you know, make real connections to uh, who we are individually, like identity, our identities as individuals and, and our understandings of ourselves from communities outside of the academy and how we sustain ourselves uh, through those connections uh, so that we can do important work around justice and equity and inclusion um, because we are part of these communities. And so um, trying to bridge the, um, what oftentimes when you live an academic life, uh, a cerebral life, trying to bridge the, those feelings of um, connection that have a lot less to do with the intellect mm -hmm. and, and have more to do with visceral, emotional, and spiritual experiences with what we know is how we're being um, evaluated and assessed. So wanting to connect our emotional and, and, and spiritual selves with that academic and intellectual reality was an important part of how I wanted to talk about change. Um, and, and I think if, if, if I had to summarize um, this talk um, in a couple of words and a phrase, um, it would be, you know, that, that the experience, that an academic life is about the work, right? And, and we ultimately are the work, like we individually, who we are, we are the work, Amen. you know? And um, that's really what I was trying to say uh, in this talk that by making the connections between who we are, who we understand ourselves to be, um, the good, the bad and the ugly around that, that identity work with what it means to do critical change and to implement that change uh, is, 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 is the work. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think that for folks that, you know, were not able to hear or to listen, having this context um, before they perhaps read this as it will come out in educational studies, uh, is is really I think important, and it gets at what, it, like you said, what you were really trying um, to to do with it. Uh, so, with with that being said, uh, is there anything else about the lecture um, that you consider particularly meaningful, or that you would like to share in any greater detail before it comes out in print? Um, I I, I think I mean so. You know, there, there's a lot there, right? So I start with how I understand. The metaphor I use is, is bridge, you know, being the bridge, walking the bridge. Um, and and I, I think the piece that I want us to come to really is this idea of how, if we're looking to 
um, implement change, if we're looking to think about how we go about uh, sustaining important change that leads to transformation, then we've got to really be conscious of the stories we tell about our organizations, about our past, right? And, and what those stories are. Are they our individual experiences in these spaces? Is it a collective past, right? Like how are we curating the story in a way to, that helps us to think about the kinds of change we wanna make, right? And so it's really interesting to me if I think about this, um, about the work that, about this talk. So I start talking about my experience on my grandmother's porch and I, talk, I move into the Dean's office, but then I end the talk by saying that, you know, storytelling really serves as a function of uncovering and recovering our collective past so that we can reflect on these stories and reframe them in a way that is generative, right? That re regenerates options and advocacy for how we move forward in the future. And so if we think about that, then we have to um, be, have the courage to tell futuristic stories, right? We have to ha have the courage to jump off the front porch and to do something really different, right? If we are to really sort of move things in a way that's transformative. And so one of the things I asked in that are, what are the stories we're telling about AESA, right? Whose stories are they? Is it an individual's story in, in AESA or is it really our collective stories, right? Because we have lots of different experiences in this as well. Um, and what seems really critical to me in recognizing that, then how might we use a storytelling process across differences to better understand, right, who we are in this moment so that we can build that futuristic, you know, organization that outlives all of us, right? And so I think for me, the thing I would want people to take away from the talk is that I'm encouraging members of AESA to embark upon a storytelling process that gets us to an organization that um, is, is, is beyond what it is now, right? That gets us to an organization that does all the wonderful things that you and I talked about you know, about how it brings us in and holds us and, you know, does those things. And it meets the needs of, of uh, young scholars in ways that we may not have needed, but they need mm. in order to, to uh, be in the academy and transform the academy into what it needs to be transformed into right now. You know, so... I think that's really what, what I want people to take away from this, that yeah, I was doing a lot of storytelling in this, but ultimately I am challenging us to use a storytelling process that um, affords us the opportunity to build a better ADSA. And as a young scholar, 
Um, I want to thank you for that perspective and also for your leadership in the organization and, and really thinking about those things um, and, and using storytelling as a, as a way to do that. So in closing, um, I always like to try and give uh, you know my guests the last word um, if they'd like it. But thanks so much for joining us, for kind of giving us uh, this preview and this reflection. Um, but yeah, is there anything that you'd like to end with uh, as we close out? Um, no, I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity. I am thrilled that you um, are doing this, Tim. Like, it's just fantastic. This is this is all your ideas, right, coming into uh, reality. And so thank you for the platform, the opportunity to speak. And I look forward to seeing you in person at the conference in, in November. Absolutely. Well, you have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see each other soon. All right. Take good care. All right. All right. Bye-bye.